Yo, 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 Benny boys are back again. How y'all doing? Oh, what's up, bro? Man, we here, man. Alive. Happy to be here. Yeah. Glad to be with you. How you feeling, bro? Good, good, good. I'm feeling, bro, this episode is special to me because, Matt, like, who knew in a sport, football, so much could happen in a few weeks since the last time we had an episode. You know, last time we spoke, we were talking about, you know, the Champions League um, quarterfinals. And we did the first leg review. Now we're coming back to do a soccer, a second soccer specific episode, which we did episodes ago. And we brought back our guy, our previous guest, you know, our Benny Boy soccer analyst of the show, DeVoy Reed. <laughs> yo, what up, DeVoy? Yo, what's happening? What's happening? Welcome, bro. I gave you soccer analyst. You know what that means, bro? Put it on my CV. I know. <laughs> That's what that means. They say, Benny Boys, this is um for volunteering work, you know, so we can't contract you yet. That's <laughs> all good. It's going on my CV when ESPN call. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, man. So, like I said, Ohi and I, the last episode we did was, I think, two to three weeks ago. But last episode, around that time, um, we were talking about the Champions League quarterfinals, the first leg. And the second leg happened the week after, and we brought DeVoy in to, you know, in this soccer special episode to discuss, you know, uh, what I re- reviewed that second leg of the quarterfinals. So in the first leg, it was Man City versus Borussia Dortmund. Man City won the first leg 2-1. Um, and, uh, and another leg was PSG versus Bayern Munich, and, Bayern, and PSG won 3-2 in the first leg. And then... Um, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. And then in another leg, Real Madrid versus Liverpool in the first leg. Real Madrid won 3-1. And the other first leg of the quarterfinals, Chelsea versus Porto. Chelsea won, I think, 2-1. Right? So just correct me if I'm wrong with the scoreboard. And so they had their second leg. And in the second leg, we had Bayern versus PSG. In which that game had in the second leg. Hold on, I keep remembering the score. So we had Bayern. Yeah, it was, yeah, that was Bayern one nil and one nil. Mm-hmm. Porto against Chelsea. Porto won one nil. Liverpool against Real Madrid was zero zero, and Dortmund against Man City was two one. So against PSG and Bayern, it was three three on aggregate. But because PSG went to Bayern and put three goals at their home, they went on. To the next round based on away goals. Chelsea against Porto. Uh, Chelsea won 2 0 actually in the first leg, not 2 1. And Porto won in the second leg one goal, but it wasn't enough to bring them back. So Chelsea goes. Liverpool and Real Madrid it was 0 0 in the second leg, but on the away goals it was 3 1 from the first leg score. So Real Madrid went to the semifinals. And Man City and Dortmund. Uh, Man City won the second leg 2 1, same score like the first leg. So, guys, what were your thoughts on some of these matches, if you guys watched them, you know? I mean, it was entertaining in some places, predictable in others. Uh, PSG versus Bayern was the top fixture for sure. That was the most entertaining. The first leg was fantastic, man. Um, Neymar just showing who he is. Yeah. Uh, Mbappe 
wreaking havoc. Uh, that second match, but I don't know PSG man. Like Neymar put like two off the posts. Uh, they should have won that match like three, three or four one. Um, Bayern, you know, unfortunately suffered from some injuries. I feel like if Lewandowski is in there, it might be a different story. Uh, you tell me, but yeah, man, but. Uh, that was obviously the top the top fixture for me, uh, um, bro. Porto, man, they deserve better. <laughs> uh, I wanted Chelsea to get out of here. Dang, uh, that, big, bro. Hey, listen, I still want Chelsea to get out of here. This, I'm, I'm just like, I mean, it's inevitable. Chelsea ain't sniffing nothing <laughs> <laughs> this year. But um, yeah, it was a good quarterfinal overall, man. Uh, you know, Liverpool. Season is done. Uh, Real still showing that they can why they're dangerous. Uh, that's just some general thoughts from my end. I don't really have too many thoughts on Dortmund and City. I felt like City didn't do as well as they should have against Dortmund. Um, but you know, Pep, Pep made it past quarterfinals, and we'll see what's good with them. Yeah. No, I watched the uh, uh-huh. I watched the Dortmund City. Uh, games intentively and um, that was a lot more intriguing a lot of people gave it it was more of like a chess match I felt like mm. um, the second leg oh you said first two legs both legs yeah the first leg was crazy because it it was you could see like the changes that they made initially, everything was going through the middle, but they didn't have a number nine city. I'm talking about mm-hmm. to finish up a lot of the the, the chances, and then um, Dortmund dropped a little deeper. All of a sudden, Folden swings out left, and he's just like killing them boys on the wing. And then out of nowhere, Dortmund subs in Munier, and like. It's, it's just like the back and forth was crazy. But what I got from that is like uh, Folden, he's legit. Come on, where you been? He's legit. He's, he's <laughs> like he's like I, I know he was legit, but I thought he was more of like a, a center attacking mid. Mm-hmm. Like he could play anywhere in the midfield. I'm seeing um, Jude Bellingham. He's legit too. Mm-hmm. Dude is legit. Like I, oh yeah, they did him wrong know. in that first first uh, the tackle, leg, man. Yeah, man. That's yeah, crap. Like yeah, I was I was actually quite upset at that. Like so you don't get how how often do you get that opportunity as a striker and they just call you back? Yeah, and then um, nobody talked about this guy, but Dawood mm-hmm. or Dorman. Mm-hmm. He should be on a lot of teams transfer lists. Like for real, he's quality. He's 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 uh he can see the pass, defends very well, strings passes together very well. Um, good in the tackle. He's got like he's got range on his on his long shots. So it's interesting. Oh, and the next the one thing I did notice, you notice Sterling didn't play. Yeah. The the return leg. Um and and I kinda peed it before. In in the first leg, uh 
maybe I'm maybe I'm mixing up a Premier League game, but I remember Sterling had like a goal and he passed it up and gave it to Jesus. And I was like, damn, this guy's confidence is shot. He is not sure. And then they didn't play him. Like it kind of proved it. So they had Mares and Silva playing on the wing? Mares, I remember Mares in there, but I don't remember Silva, Silva as much. In the second light, Silva is, is I wanna say that he was uh on the wing as well. Mm. Yeah, my and, and De Bruyne was up the middle. Yeah. My dad brought up a point. He's saying that he hasn't still he hasn't seen Sterling play a lot of games lately. I don't know what's going on. His confidence is shot, bro. Like you see it, like he's indecisive. Like I watched him play a couple of games because I'm I'm low key kind of. Pay. I'm like, mm, are y'all gonna drop some points? Are y'all gonna make it interesting towards the end? No, nah, they're not dropping points though. It's closer than y'all think right now. It I know is. It is. They're not dropping points. Um, <laughs> um, what I thought. So I watched Bayern and PSG the second leg because the first leg had me hype, and the second leg to me for PSG is very important because we notice, especially during Neymar's tenure. PSG will win a first leg, and all they have to do for the second leg is hold it down, and they never do, and they get shot. You know, the Barcelona game against them, the Manchester United game against them, those famous comebacks from Barcelona Manchester United. Like, you had the game in hand, and you dropped the ball in the second leg. So, to me, to watch Neymar and Mbappe see such maturity to come in the second leg, and, and Pochettino to realize, like, yeah, we're going to go and attack. But we got to defend hard. Kempembe, all those plays were just going in and just defense. I learned, like, all right, they scored one goal, but we got to maintain this. Uh, we got to maintain this aggregate. But I will say this, though. Boy, Bayern needed Londowski, boy, because I never seen a team with so much talent press a team so bad and yet miss every chance they get by shots. And the question is, too, because I've been hearing analysts talk about that, they blame Leroy Sané for all that because Leroy Sané had a lot of chances. But Look, what you bro, listen, bro. Was it Kim? I think I'm pretty sure it was Kimmich. Kimmich is usually quality, bro. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm mixing it up with someone else who was in the midfield in the second leg, but I'm almost certain it was Kimmich who kept playing these Hail Mary balls out to Sané, who was an island out there, bro. Yeah. And he couldn't reach him. He couldn't find him. Yeah, Sané... He was kind of alone, but the wing play, I would say, from Bayern generally was not what it usually is. Um, like you said, PSG defended with their lives, and they showed a lot more composure than they do in the past. But um, I felt like uh, Sané was being let down by his service a lot, bro, especially mm-hmm. in the second leg. Um, in the first you know, leg, obviously, it was pretty even, but uh, Bayern, like you said, had so much press and was aggressive and had so many chances. I just kept seeing it, seeing Sané just being let down by the service. Um, and when he did get the ball, there was not a lot of support coming yeah. coming out his his way, man. But uh, I wouldn't. I don't know how you put it on on Sané, man. If you're the wing, if you're if you're backup to Lewandowski is Chupa Moting, like yeah, what is it, y'all? I mean, he, what, what y'all expect, man? Like. I don't know. I, I guess I expect more from from Bayern's attacking. Um, but I felt like it's it's not the, my blame with Nansane. But I won't lie to you. I'm starting to see this a lot in, in, in European football where teams are so dominant and they're like 22 shots. 
but 10 on target, only two goals. And I'm like, yo, what's going on? Like, what's going on? How y'all shooting? Like, you know, because not Brian Gamer watched it. Brian, like we just said, Brian was pressing PSG to the point. They had Alaba on the, at the top of the box shooting. Mm-hmm. Shooting. That's how intense and pushback PSG was put. But I got to give props to PSG. Like you said, oh, they maintain their composure. I have to give respect for Pochettino. He has come in um, and maintained the level of play and composure that PSG has shown throughout this tournament. You know, I didn't watch – I didn't catch much of the Man City versus Dortmund, but I thought Dortmund did put up a fight until Foden scored the second goal. And that goal that Foden scored, bro, that was a banger. And then I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. Dortmund's death nil. Um, I didn't catch Real Madrid. Shouldn't have got beat, though. Huh? Keeper shouldn't have got beat. But that was a good shot, though. It was out of nowhere. I didn't it expect was. it. I didn't Keeper shouldn't it. have got beat. Liverpool and Real Madrid, I wasn't really into it because Real Madrid dropped 3-1 on Liverpool, and I was expecting yeah. Liverpool right. to come back. One thing Zidane is good at is maintaining composure and maintaining the lead. That's a fact. Um, for Real Madrid, to me, I'm just scared because they are looking good, and Chelsea, we faced them, and Shit, like I said in the last podcast, fuck around. Zidane and Real Madrid might win the whole tournament. And just don't forget, earlier this season, we said Real Madrid is a shadow, a shell of the former self. They weren't going to make it to the quarterfinals. <laughs> semifinals, to be honest with you. So the idea that Real Madrid is in the semifinals got me shook. Chelsea versus Porto, it wasn't like an interesting game because the way Tuchel plays is not very exciting. It's very possession-based, but it's not very excited in a way because I think our attackers are not clinical to do with the position. But one thing interests me throughout that Porto, goal, Porto game was how much Christian Pulisic was getting hacked. Mm. And players that get hacked like that tend to me they're good dribblers and defense couldn't handle that. Yo, Pulisic walked off the pitch with his ankles bleeding. And the only player I've ever seen get hacked like that on a Chelsea team is Hazard. The only player I've ever seen that get hacked like that in European football is Messi. So is Christian Pulisic the next Hazard or Messi? I don't know. Controversial take. But I was like, boy, <laughs> that man had like... He, I think they said that he was hacked 12 times and the only person <laughs> to get hacked like that ever in European football was Messi. So that says a lot, dog. Alright, bro. So I'm not even gonna... <laughs> talk about the <laughs> I'm not even gonna say anything about that, but look, welcome to soccer, bro. <laughs> welcome, welcome to soccer, bro. That that's all I'm gonna say. Like it's not anything new. But you want to be said, free, and you take a hit. But with that said, we know the semifinals: Man City versus PSG, Chelsea versus Real Madrid. What is your um, thoughts? What are your thoughts? PSG Real Madrid final. I'm on for it. That's that's my prediction as well, man. Uh, It's not really my prediction. It's my hope, my prayer. I can't have either Man City or Chelsea (laughs) exceeding it right now. Sorry. Uh, What's yours? Your two same Ohi? Um, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be PSG and Real, bro. I, 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 we definitely wrote off Real already, like in the season, but um, that's Zinedine Zidane at the end of the day, man. And like a group of grown ass men, 
Um, Tuchel is still new to the club. I don't know if he's about to coach y'all past it's a dime. <laughs> but uh, and then PSG, I, I still feel like PSG been on a mission. I, I was kind of hoping it was it would be City's year. I wouldn't mind seeing Pep get the Champions League just to because I feel like players like De Bruyne, Aguero would be good to get his Champions League before he pieces out and shit. But um, nah, man, I still think PSG PSG look like a team. Like you said, Pochettino is is doing the thing, and I feel like PSG look more serious than they look less unserious than they have in past years. <laughs> so, uh, and then, and then, I just really do not want an all English final. That would yeah. be fucking terrible, man. I'm so, sorry. So for me, I had to like figure out like my hate levels for different teams. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like it's like Man City, Chelsea, PSG. I'm like. Damn, this is a tough, <laughs> tough decision to make. <laughs> Why? Because, you know, for me, if Man City actually wins the Champions League. Oh, yeah, I know. You can't. Then they're not just the noisy neighbors anymore. Nope. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, all right, I don't want Man City to win. Boom. Chelsea fans are like the worst fans in the world. <laughs> Okay, so I don't want Chelsea fans to win. So Chelsea, Man City cannot make it to the finals. And then I want Real Madrid to win everything because I don't want Neymar to win nothing. Dang, man. Let that shit go. You got to let that shit go. I'm pretty sure that's anti-black. Anti-black, bro. You could. You should support (laughs) a black female star. What's up with you, bro? (laughs) Oh, you took it to that, you know. Hey, man, look, PSG, PSG is like one of the blackest teams on the in the Champions League. Uh, Stop trying to guilt trip me, dog. So for me, that's not very difficult. You know, Mbappe already got a World Cup, man. Neymar trying to stamp his. You know, it's easy to hate on Neymar, bro. You know, I understand. Uh, People might not like his style of play. But look, man, the thing is a baller, dog. Like, there's nobody doing shit like him, man. And it's just fun to see that. I, I want to see more of that. So, yeah, man, I don't know. So PSG is, like, one of the blackest teams left anyway in uh, Champions League. Uh, you got black stars. Uh, and that's, you know, I ain't got no problem supporting them, man. Uh but Chelsea is there's no way I can support seeing Chelsea oh. go any further, man. I was obviously they were going to be Porto, man. But hopefully, yeah. Real reminds y'all, you know, where y'all that y'all just lucky to be here. <laughs> Yo, the Chelsea hate is real. I don't like y'all. No, it's I'm not Chelsea hate. I'm actually it's rooting not for Chelsea Chelsea. hate. It's Chelsea fan hate. I just want y'all to know I'm rooting for both of y'all teams to make. I it hate. To the I hate Chelsea. But yeah, well, thank you. My my predictions is I got to see based on what sells right as a TV um, rights holder, right? So if I'm a TV rights holder, I want Chelsea and PSG in the final. We got the two largest cities in Europe, London and Paris, in the final. Two, those are the most mega star cities. Three, let's think about storylines. You telling me Tuchel who is Fired from PSG, 
because Mbappe and Neymar didn't like the way he's coached, takes a team that people didn't think will make it to the Champions League final or have his win a trophy this year, takes them to the Champions League final, faces a PSG team that this is their second time being in the final, wants to win the Champions League with Pochettino, who Marino doesn't, in a way, give stature. Already would have been to the Champions League final with Tottenham. Has a much better talent with PSG than Tottenham. Can he win it? Now, if it's not Chelsea, I think it would be PSG and Real Madrid. I don't see an all-English final between Man City and Chelsea. I'll be surprised. I think Pochettino will get the best of Pep. I don't think Pep will overthink it. I just think, I think really it wouldn't be Pep tactics beating Pochettino. I think the, the PSG and Man City is really down to stars. And it's going to be really down to Neymar and Mbappe being the X factor. Because that's how Neymar and Mbappe have won all their games so far. It's just being that X factor for PSG. I think Real Madrid and Chelsea, if Real Madrid wins it, that's because people, I think people need to understand that Zidane is not a tactical coach. He's a man-manager coach. He's a superstar coach, and that's what he excels at. Like, he excels at the Champions League. He excels at coaching superstars. You like, if you look at the way he plays his players, like, none of it, like, they don't, there's not a form, there's not a gel. Like, let's talk about Hazard going to play in the semifinals. Like, first of all, Hazard been injured for a whole season. You don't put him in the semifinals? <laughs> like, just think about the confidence you got to do to play somebody like that in the semifinals. Like, if to me, if Zidane goes with Real Madrid and beats Chelsea in the semifinals, Real Madrid is winning the whole thing. I mean, I, I definitely think it's a bit of a, just like an oversimplification to say Zidane's not, not a tactical coach. Um, he has been blessed with superstars, even though Ronaldo and Bale are gone. He's been blessed with a very strong spine of a team. And he just plugs auxiliary pieces around. But, you know, defense is still strong. They still have Courtois. Casemiro is getting old, but he's still there. Modric is still there. And Benzema is timeless, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, I know the, the debate has always been, like, Benzema's number two behind Lewandowski, but... Uh, is he? You know, Benzema, Benzema shows up. In in sports, they say your greatest ability is your availability. Yep. And Benzema is always there. Showing up. So, I don't foresee any, like, realistically speaking... I don't. I don't really see other teams getting past Real Madrid's defense. Mm. I think initially the best defense was Bayern Munich. Until they had I the best now, defense. Yeah. Really. Who do you think had a better? Who the best defense? Man City. Of what teams that made City? City. City. <laughs> teams that made it to the to what like the out out of the group stage. Yeah, I, not I mean like right now, like right now, oh, like, oh. like City. Mm, who's left, bro? Uh, I put City. I don't know say City, bro. I mean, Real Madrid has the best defense right now. Yeah, that's how I feel. I don't feel. I don't. Uh, and I feel like Real could score on like other teams, but I don't know if other teams are scoring Real. I agree that they got the best defense, but I don't know if it's. If, if I don't think I agree that no one's getting past them. PSG can get past them. 
I don't feel like it. You, I, I think, I think you, <laughs> you want to not say Neymar is good enough to get past him. That's <laughs> fine. That's fine. <laughs> but shoot, bro. Uh, and I mean, and let's be honest, Neymar can't get past Varane. The question is. Can Varane stop Mbappe? That's what it really is about. It's Mbappe. It's Mbappe. It's not even... Neymar doesn't need to beat anyone. And that's one thing that I've noticed in this... In these mm-hmm. past few group stage... I'm sorry. Uh, knockout stage matches. Like, Neymar is not doing... He's left behind a lot of the BS, right? In terms of holding the ball too long. Um, I think he's bought into the system where they had... Especially against Bayern where they had... They knew they were not going to see a lot of the ball, right? So... He just made sure he distributed um, and was smarter about his attacking. Like, he was decisive when he was a a shoot. Bro, he should have had two, three goals in that second leg against Bayern. Um, But that's besides the point. Like, he's just – he doesn't need to beat anybody on his own. Nobody can stop Mbappe. Like, that's that's – If Neymar does does that against Real Madrid – Cause he's always he's always had all the tools, but that was like the one thing. Mm-hmm. He slow he holds the team up. He slows it down. Mm-hmm. If he does that against Real Madrid, he is mu- as much as I don't look. You know what? It's better than Man City and Chelsea win it. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we made it. We got it. All right. So we're in agreement. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like all that. Oh, bro, the hate is real. That's cool with me, bro. <laughs> no, no, man, no. Uh, it's it's some great fun, some great matchups. I'm really excited for tomorrow, actually, because be every honest, time Champions League comes up, I'm excited. If Chelsea doesn't win, I want PSG to win because I like I tell the boy and I tell Oli, if PSG wins the Champions League, bro, Paris is about to blow the fuck up. Like, fans are going to celebrate. Do you know how crazy it is to have a whole city to yourself? Like, I know there's, like, Paris FC, but no one really recognizes that. But what PSG is to Paris is what Manchester United was to Manchester before Man City got bought. Like, to have a whole city to yourself. Like, Chelsea, we don't got that. We got to show Arsenal, bro, and Tottenham. Like, we don't got a whole city. When we won the Champions League, it wasn't like everybody in London was rooting for us. It was like... Just Chelsea fans. Like, if PSG win it, bro, Hall of Paris. Should the Hall of Fans about to blow the fuck up? That's how it's going to be. Let me let me ask you this, though, right? Um, and this kind of pairs into the new Champions League format and all that stuff. But, like, let's say PSG wins, right? Um, they win the Champions League after a competitive League One or league on campaign. Are we going to start seeing parody in the French league? And then if France is now going to have two additional Champions League positions, are like, is there going to be an additional like two or three teams that's going to consistently challenge PSG and go further in the Champions League moving forward? Is, so, this gonna, is, is this the necessary, like, promotion or, or 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 advertisement for the league as like a as a brand? No, I would say no because you remember when PSG got first bought and they bought Zlatan and David Beckham, P- 
PSG and Champions League was a PSG and Champions League thing. It wasn't PSG and League on. So it wasn't like PSG does well, League on does well. People knew that was a PSG thing. It's almost like when Bayern wins the Champions League, people don't think like the Bundesliga is coming. Like that's a very PSG Bayern thing. I think La Liga, Serie A, and Premier League is the only leagues where one English, one of those teams win it. People could see the other teams coming up because the way those leagues is actually, we see different winners all the time. So there's a sense of competitiveness. I think it is interesting this season that PSG is um, facing difficulty. I don't know if Lille recruitment game got him better. I don't know who's a coaching. And I haven't watched Lil play. I watched AS Monaco play. And they have really definitely gotten invested in their team. And they're not selling each new star, star to the highest bidder anymore. One, because no one's trying to rate their team anymore. Um, but I think, because if you look at it, PSG is not doing, it's like it's facing competition in League 1 and it's doing well in the Champions League. But those other French teams are not doing well in Europe. You understand what I mean? Like, Leon did well last year, but to me, that was an aberration, I'm be honest with you. I didn't think that was like, oh, Leon's on the come up. So that's an aberration. So it's almost like when Juventus is like, more, I think to me for, it's like, yeah, I think it to me for PSG and the league. And if PSG does well, I don't think that it's going to bring up the French league. I think France itself as a nation see itself like they are one of the strongest nations in Europe. And you're telling me my league only gets two slots to go to Europe. But yet the Italians got four, Spain got four, Germany got four, England got four. So I think they see themselves as like we see ourselves as equal. And, you know, let's move into that European League, the new um, Champions League format and the Super League, what this, all this means. But in a sense, I don't think, to answer your question, I don't think if PSG wins the Champions League, everybody's going to be like, let's look at League on. Well, I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not, I mean, that is one aspect of it. I'm not saying that just because PSG wins, that's going to change the outlook mm-hmm. of the league. But I'm saying with the additional revenue now, with the two additional Champions League spots, mm-hmm. um, with, with the natural born talent of like French players, plus PSG being like the ambassador for the sport. It's like all these things combined. Mm-hmm. Is the French league gonna now be respected? Because let's be real, like it really wasn't until last year where we was like, damn, PSG might do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, like we, you know. So like, is it is it now is it now for us to start focusing on like Leo, Monaco, Lyon, Marseille, Nice, all these other teams in, in so- France? The same way we look at Leicester and Villa and and Dortmund and Leverkusen and AC Milan. Is it time for us to start having these teams in our average soccer conversations? Are they going to join the barbership, the barbershop talks? Is, is that, you think that's going to happen? So I think for me with leagues and champions league, I base a, the league based on how the number two does well. Cause I know the number one is going to do well. It's how the number two. And I thought league on, and what got me to league on specifically when I remember that year when AS Monaco went to the Champions League semifinals, when they had Mendy, Pino, Mbappe, all that. And I was like, oh, because you know PSG's a top dog. And AS Monaco got further in the Champions League than PSG. There might be something in league on that I'm not seeing. You know, with, Premier, with the Premier League, you know, we got Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool, 
Tottenham, you know, always making it with La Liga. We got Atletico, Real Madrid, and um, Barcelona. So to me, the question is, what? The, how? How is the number two doing in the Champions League? Because the number one's the number one's going to do well. The number one's always trying because they're the number one, so it's expected of them. But what is number two looking like? What is number three looking like? And that's how I say, if I'm going to base my oh, should I start looking at League One? And two, League One, yes, they got two additional spots, but at the end of the day, what's really going to make League One get the money is what the local, how much is the local TV broadcasters going to invest? It wasn't Champions League money that made the Premier League what it was. It was Sky Sports and all that. It's the same reason why the Italian leagues, the Spanish leagues, and the German, especially the Italian and Spanish, the Premier League tried to start the Super League because of that TV money and trying to get more of it, you know, because Juventus has been to the Champions League final, what, two years in a row? I'm not like, no one's still looking like, let's look at the Italian League. It's not like the Italian League out here buying plays for 70 mil. That's really all local TV money. And to me, that's why the Super League was formed in the first place because outside the Premier League, a lot of these countries' TV money is capped. So let's go into that about the Super League. You know, after the Champions League second um, quarter, at the Champions League quarterfinals, second leg, we had two weeks. I think this is what two weeks, two weeks before the semifinals. Big, big stuff was going on in UEFA. Um, they, uh, the European teams and European members of UEFA came together together to negotiate a change in format for the UEFA Champions League. And they were negotiating with a lot of teams. A lot of those teams were big clubs like Manchester United and um, um, Liverpool. And they were supposed to announce the new UEFA Champions League format that every team in Europe agreed on, like on the like during this last week, during the middle of last week. But on what was it Sunday? We got news that a European Super League was going to be formed. And it was, was supposed to consist of 15 teams, but 12 teams signed initial sing, signatories to leave UEFA Champions League and join this closed European Super League, which the teams that signed off on it was six Premier League teams, Manchester City, Manchester United, Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham, three La Liga teams, Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid, Barcelona, three Italian teams, Juventus, Inter Milan, AC Milan. They originally had three other slots. I was supposed to go to PSG, Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund. PSG didn't sign off in it. Bayern Munich and Dortmund didn't sign off in it. The German teams and the French team did not sign off sign off on it for two different reasons. The way the Germans' ownership structure is that both German teams are owned by the fans, 51%. So for them to sign off on any changes, they need to go to the fans. And the fans were not going to have their two most well-recognized German teams join a Super League, a closed, a closed pan-European league at the expense of the German league without any compensation or any type of way to ensure the German league doesn't fail. PSG didn't sign off it, not because they didn't believe in the Super League. The owner's money is tied up closely to the Champions League, and PSG is owned by a company that owns the broadcasting rights to the league on and international rights, especially in the Middle East, to the Champions League. So if they were to join this new Super League, they wouldn't have that broadcasting right. So that was just a business decision. For these other six England, three 
Italian and three Spanish teams decided to create a Super League. And the the chairman of Real Madrid and I think one of, I think is the chairman of Juventus have been mostly spearheading it. And they say the reason for forming the Super League because they believe that soccer is in trouble and that a lot of these teams will go bankrupt if the Super League wasn't formed because they say COVID has ruined their finances and the Super League will allow them to keep more of their revenue that they would get from TV rights compared to the Champions League where they have to share with the organization with UEFA, which UEFA tells a lot of teams the reason why they take a large percentage of the TV rights because they distribute that money to different countries and small leagues around Europe to improve the game. Now, that lasted for... <laughs> after it was announced, there was a lot of blowback, especially from France, especially in England specifically. Because I read in La Liga in Italy, there hasn't, really, there hasn't really been fans pushback. But in England, huge fans pushback. And it, this has actually... It's been a this fan pushback has actually been a long tension between the clubs and their fans because a lot of these clubs, especially I think four of them, are owned by Americans, and a lot of fans have not liked how Americans have run their English team. So they got a lot of pushback to the point they were invading training grounds, protesting in front of stadiums, and Chelsea, Man City were the first to announce I think by Wednesday to um to not no longer be part of the Super League. Mind you, I want to put that they decided to join. They were reluctant. They didn't want to join the Super League at the beginning, but decided to join because they had FOMO, fear of missing out. Okay. <laughs> and eventually, Manchester United, Arsenal, Tottenham decided to pull back. And the only teams that are really out here caping for it is Real Madrid and Juventus. Guys, I know there's so much going on to it. Um, there's more I want us to talk because there's so much going on. You want to explain to the audience what else if I missed out. But you guys heard the news about the Super League. You guys heard about the news that UEFA is trying to announce changes to the Champions League. Before they can announce the new format, these 12 teams said, yeah, we like the format, but you know what? We're better off just creating our own league. What do you guys think after hearing all this? I think, first of all, Chelsea fans need to stop. <laughs> Bruh, pass. They wanna they Chelsea. wanna act like they so fucking they say football niggas. <laughs> right. Fuck out of here. Bro, I'm <laughs> what the fuck? FOMO, you sound like a teenage girl, bro. <laughs> Dog. Like, no, Chelsea fans on Twitter talking about, oh, we pulled out first, we say football. Like, okay, what about the other fucking Thousands of clubs that just didn't sign up for a Super League. Did they say football as well? Like, bruh. Yo. Chelsea. Get the fuck out of here. Come bro. on, man. Oh, oh shit. Chelsea, man. This this, this is why y'all going to lose, dog. This this right here is why. <laughs> bro. The worst fans in the world. I heard about this shit. I heard about this shit, like, on Sunday with everybody else. Uh, it was actually uh Gary Neville, bro. I saw Gary Neville on fucking Twitter, like, going off, you know, Against railing against his club, um, Gary Neville, Manchester United, like uh, what's one man club, right? What y'all call that? One one club man. There you go. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I it's I think even for someone who follows the game, bro, I was still real confused as to what exactly this shit was gonna 
and tail. Um, but ultimately, man, it comes down to money, right? Um, I think you explained everything pretty like succinctly, man. Like the main reason for those like who are like not hip to it, the Super League would have been a closed league, um, meaning that those founding members could not be promoted or sorry, they couldn't be relegated. Sorry, yeah, those twelve members could not be relegated. Um, they would only admit right three more other teams, four or five, three. right. Yeah, yeah, something like that. No, so it was going to be like three more teams I heard to f- be founding members or like permanent members, and then they would invite another five to round out like a group of twenty. Or am I adding? To- no, that- yeah. So that that is, that is correct. It was supposed to be originally right. fifteen, two German teams and the French team PSG, right. Dortmund and Bayern. Did sign off. Like I said, that's for different reasons. And then those were to be the fifteen founding members that. It was supposed to, so the Super League is technically an NBA, NFL type of league where it's the same teams every year. As America, we're used to that. But in Europe, they don't have that. In, America, in Europe, they have um, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, which, you know, NBA has the NBA, the G League. So what it is is that in Europe is that teams that don't do well gets relegated to Division Two, and teams that do well in Division Two gets promoted to Division One. So it's an open system where anybody has a chance at the shot to be number one. So the goal of the Super League was to get rid of that and take the best team from technically Europe, but technically really from the be- the five best big leagues in Europe, put them in one league, make them founding members, and then ha- have the other five be based on, like, we don't know right. much, but they were going to um, um, invite other five teams that will rotate out every year. So in a way, they were technically creating the soccer version of EuroLeague bas- basketball because that's the format the EuroLeague basketball does. Right. So pretty trash. Yeah, man. Uh that's the main reason, you know, a lot of fans were upset. Like you said, um the main amount of like a, a lot of the fan anger was in England based out of the English uh fans of the English teams, particularly the teams that joined. Um and you didn't really see as much like fanfare or <clears throat> negative backlash in Italy and in Spain. I know I asked this in our group chat, but I think that, I mean, there's a pretty obvious reason for that. The teams, and you mentioned it, I mean, you, I mean, they, the very root of the reason is that those clubs, Juventus, Barcelona, Real Madrid, they're the biggest clubs, right? Arguably in Europe, but they're looking over at England and they got their own sense of FOMO because they're missing out on OD money from potential TV deals that would catapult their clubs in a really immense way. This doesn't even factor in the fact that those clubs, Barca, Juve, Real, are all very, very strapped for cash right now. And they are in dire straits financially. Um, So the Super League for them is, is super welcome. Not that they need help attracting players to come play for them or that they've – I mean – yeah, they've le- had less than success in recent years, but they're still the biggest clubs. And But they are very, uh, in a really big way, limited by the amount of money revenue they can bring in because of how their TV, their current TV deals are structured in, in terms of distribution to wider markets. The, the uh, reasoning that they gave for starting this shit is because they're claiming that 
kids are no longer interested in football, that they want to expand <laughs> to reach a new audience. And it's not fun when David has to pit, play Goliath like 16 weeks out of the, out of the, uh, out of half the season. And you only really want to watch these big clubs when they go up against other big clubs that are com- comparable. So, uh, I think that in that sense, though, but especially on that side, it's pretty obvious, like that a, something like a super league was probably gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But this shit was just done, and there was no details, bro. There was like no fan involvement. They just mm-hmm. came out with like a cryptic announcement, press release, or whatever, and kind of no plan to go to act that actually explained how it was going to come about or anything like that. And bro, I mean, the UEFA president was calling these teams snakes in the grass and they, they had words for each other. Like nobody's business, bro. You, I mean, it's football, this soccer shit is so dramatic, man. Uh, (laughs) Because the way, the way this, this, this joint came to light, took over the new cycle and then just went away after a couple days, man. It was like a tornado. Bro, they had niggas shook. It was wild. That's how crazy it was. Like, well, also, if you don't know that Europe has been talking about a Super League for decades because, so, the way UEFA Champions League was first started off, first was called the European Cup. And what it was at its onset was that the champions, the number one team that won their league of their country got invited to a knockout stage. Then the Italians came along. At this time, the Italian league was also very popular. And it was like, let's make European games much longer. It's too it's too short. There's not enough European games. So that's when they changed the European Cup into the Champions League and gave us a group stage format where now teams are guaranteed six games. Technically, the Super League is that they want more guaranteed team games against their continental rivals. And like all he said, it's really the Spanish and Italian teams pushing it. Because to me, I personally say the reason why they're pushing it is the way their league is structured. One, they're capped for TV rights. And two, what people don't know in La Liga, Spain, Barcelona, and Real Madrid gets 80% of the TV rights, while the rest of the teams gets 20 So when you get an 80%, of course, you're going to win the league 80% of the time. So, of course, it's going to be boring facing the Davids because... You keep winning because you're the Goliath. And this is why I, I didn't understand why the Premier League decided to join the Super League because they don't need the Super League. Like right now, ESPN and CBS are trying to bid higher for the Premier League right now against NBC. So they don't need the European Super League. They're not strapped for cash. It was just pure greed. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, I want the void to get into it because, you know, Manchester United was a part of this. And they're all run by American owners. Oh, Arsenal was a part of this. They are run by American owners. Yes, I know Chelsea fans did sign off on the deal, but it is say that it was it's kind of interesting that Chelsea and Man City were reluctant to sign and they decided to sign based on FOMO. And there's really a lot of the American teams in the Premier League pushing this. And the question is, I want to know y'all two being fans of clubs that are owned by Americans. Y'all could actually speak to why there was an anger and what Gary Neville anger and what this anger really is. Because like I said, the Super League 
people got angry, but in, the, in England, the anger is much more vicious and fierce compared to Spain and Italy. And I think because it's not because these teams want to join the European Super League. I think that was just like the barrel or the hump that broke the camel's back. Yeah, and deeper. Yeah, and you have to explain why there was such animosity to the European Soccer League, Super League. Yeah. So Neville actually like started talking about it like a month, a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And I remember when he said it, I was like, okay, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and he was so mad, like like a month ago. He was mad. And I was like, all right, bro, relax. It's not that deep. Sure. Yeah. And then it broke. But to answer your question, the reason why like Arsenal and United fans are so tight is, and I guess Arsenal has like seen this at like like a, at a higher clip is like these American owners come in, like the Cronkies, for instance, right? They come in and they they don't know how to manage the organization, right? And they think that they see this as a business Mm -hmm. and they're not running it with the fans you know as a focus so football is like a second second priority to them Mm -hmm. they trying to get that that television deal they trying to sell merchandise and they're trying to sign players that they think will sell that merchandise that's it and then, oh yeah, that's right. We gotta we, we gotta play football. Yeah, let's let's, let's sprinkle some pieces out there, right. and you know we'll see what happens. And it it kind of happened with uh, Arsenal first, right? Whereas like you saw like the the old guard got pushed out, and then all of a sudden, you know, I think maybe like Van Persie was like the last the last of that like old guarded Arsenal. Mm-hmm. And then they got lucky with Sanchez for a couple of years. And then they got lucky every once in a while. And now Arsenal team, like they pretty much have to do a whole rebuild. But they're still a really strong brand and people respect them. Because the fans really is like the only respectable part of the team. Mm. Like if somebody tells you they're Arsenal fan, you're like, all right, bro. I respect you. Like for real, so then he, the Blazers, the the Glazers come in, and they're doing the same thing, selling all the assets, like taking all this debt and pulling out all the profit, and not putting anything watchable back on the field. And they, you kind of see it that their focus is not football because. While every other team in Europe is hiring football people in football positions, they're hiring bankers Mm. in football positions. Mm. And then they wonder why (laughs) they wonder why they buy Lindelof instead of Van Dyke. Mm. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. How did y'all not know Alexis Sanchez was gonna was gonna fall off? How did y'all how did y'all not see that his play style didn't work? Why are we running through all these different coaches? And it's just like year after year, you know, even everybody keeps saying like, oh, yeah, we got Bruno now. We were supposed to get Bruno at the beginning of the year. And they're like, nah, we don't want to pay $5 million for that guy. $5 million on top of what they're supposed to pay for him. 
And they ended up having to buy him in January anyways. Because they're making these financial decisions without thinking about football at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this is like years after Ferguson left now. This happens. It kind of shows like, y'all don't care about us. Like, we support your brand. We're the reason why you still make it. Really, we are the reason why you're making money. But you don't care about us at all. And this Super League shit was like, I, I feel like it's absolutely bullshit, bro. Because, like, like you said, the Premier League teams get so much money from the TV rights. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for Man U to be strapped for cash at all. Like, every time you watch Sky Sports, it's the biggest team in the world. Mm-hmm. You watch ES, the biggest, like, that's that's how they market it. Like, you got these ex-United players and all these players that used to lose to United, and they keep saying, the biggest team in the world, the biggest revenue stream in the world. That's what it is. And to be honest with you, the whole, like, Spain and Italy thing, bro, like, if you look at, like, Real Madrid's model and Barcelona's model, when they buy these players, they're not paying, like, 70 or mm-hmm. 40 mil for these players. Mm-hmm. They're buying them at, like, a 120 mil clip, mm-hmm. right? Why does Messi's, why is Messi's contract so big? Mm-hmm. Didn't somebody think like uh, maybe <laughs> maybe we shouldn't do this, guys? I'm not sure. You know, well, tell, we don't want to tell the audience how much Messi really makes a year. Over two hundred million. <laughs> like that's the GDP of a small country, bro. Yeah. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Why does Real Madrid have like? Freaking futuristic resorts all over Spain. Hey, y'all want to talk about money? It's bullshit, bro. But I'm not going to lie. Like, this whole Super League thing really changed my perspective. First of all, we've been saying that for years now. The Glazers should sell their interest in the club 100%. I'm sure the Cronkies, I'm sure Arsenal fans feel the same about the Cronkies. In fact, I saw, like, they were protesting on Friday, bro. Yeah, I seen. Um, I guess the owner of Spotify. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. some of the some of the club legends yeah. are trying to buy it for two bill, right? Mm-hmm. They said uh, his name's Eck Elk. Um, him and then Henri, I think Burkamp and Vieira. Yeah. yeah, talking about a serious stake. If Cronky will get rid of it, man, um, I will gladly, gladly see the team. He's not pass going to. He won't, man. No, I, I don't know why they're circulating that shit and getting people's hopes up. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I agree about the with the reference about the, this being the straw that broke the camel's back because um, this isn't even related. Super League is like like the it's kind of like the least of the shit that he's done. Like it's the most egregious. But like you said, all the shit that you detailed about the way the club has been run since the American takeover. Uh, is the stuff that's been aggravating Arsenal fans this whole time. And so the Super League shit, especially when you consider that <clears throat> we're trying to like assure ourselves a place when we're so mediocre, so worse yeah. than mediocre. Like we're not even in a position where we would be in Europe next year if we don't win the current cha- like competition we're in. And you want to assure 
that will be in Super League to be playing Juventus and getting their ass kicked by Real weekend and we got like y'all it's it's just this one more this one last move that went so against the culture of the club and the culture of the the spirit of the sport in general that really has folks really pushing as far as fans pushing for uh, a change in ownership uh and i personally i mean yeah, i mean the way you already said everything like there's nothing about the way the club is currently run that makes anyone optimistic uh we got a you know a new manager and all that but it's useless if the organization as a whole sports man it's like especially at this level it's always so much more than just who you see out on the court or the field every week like the best clubs the best organizations franchises are good organizations, well-run businesses as well. And the Crunkies, I mean, they, they've admitted as much that they're not interested. They weren't interested in vibing with the the culture of English football and mm-hmm. getting to know what the fan base of Arsenal is interested in and how to continue the legacy when they took it over. It's like you said, another investment, another business. How do we squeeze as much as we can out of it? And that is the whole thing underlying the Super League. I I don't think that it's purely an American thing because money has inf- infiltrated every aspect of football, right? Like Chelsea's Russian ownership, though, is kind of like a different a, a way of seeing how that money can go in a different direction. If the person is actually interested in the success of the club, that can reap a lot of benefits. Um, and success for the club in a football sense, but I'm I'm really disappointed in Abramovich to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, I was I was surprised too because when, Abram- when Roman Abramovich first bought the club, right? Every because Roman Abramovich is technically the founder of billionaires, petro oligarchs, um, nation states. Like I tell people, soccer is the only sport where nation states will invest in a club. Like, nation states are not investing in the NBA and the NFL. They're investing in soccer. Like, Qatar owns a soccer team. They just use as a wealth, sovereign wealth fund. That's the word. But it's a country that owns a, a French team. And when Roman Abramovich, an oligarch, a Russian oligarch, new money, you know, the fall of the Soviet Union, um, Putin comes into power, oligarchs get, get their money bought the team and he really brought this wave of on a buying team and spending their own money. This is not loans from a bank or credit, spending their own money, 500 mil of buying players. He's the one that inflated, started creating the inflation of athlete prices to outbid everyone. And people ask like, because Roman Bromwich was losing, Chelsea was losing money. Now I'm not saying Roman Bromwich was losing money. Chelsea itself, the organization was losing money. Spending more, they were bringing in. And they asked Roman Abramovich, why are you doing this? You lose the money. He says, if I wanted to make money, I wouldn't get involved in soccer. I got involved in soccer for prestige and trophies. So issue with a lot of people that don't like the American owners, that the American owners came for the money, which is cool, you know, make money. But it came to the point at the expense of the winning, what the game is all about. There's a reason why. And I think Ohi. And the voice spoke about the culture, right? And when we talk about culture of soccer, what it's really about is that in soccer, there's promotion and relegation. What that means is that 
There's no such thing as a first division as the same set of teams. It might be the same set of 17 teams, the same set of 18 teams, but there's always two new teams that's coming into the league every year, which is different from Major League Soccer and American sports, where it's the same team you're watching every year. And and the reason why, and it's funny because the reason why Major League Soccer has a closed system, because when FIFA went to do the World Cup, there's no soccer league. So for you to have for you to host the World Cup, you must have a soccer league. So FIFA allowed them to create a soccer league. And the reason why they're allowed to have a closed system because the USA is a money market and they don't want to mess that up. But English, but European and technically global soccer all have promotion and relegation where you have to fight for your place at the top. It's not given to you based on TV market. It's not given to you based on because that town didn't want to pay for a stadium, so you lost your club and then went to another town. No, it's really about you have a club. If you want to win the trophy, you got to compete. And what got people angry with, with the heart of English soccer was you're telling these clubs who are mediocre, is that if you do so bad and finish in last place, you still be in first division. Where you know in English soccer, in Italian soccer, in Spanish soccer, in Japanese soccer, if you finish in last place, your ass is getting is no longer in first division. And you're going, you're getting relegated to second division. And right. and that that form of soccer, like that culture of soccer, was what made me love the game of soccer because. It was a sense that you could, like, we see it in sports, in American sports. The New York Knicks before this season, you have a bad season. You, you're done with the season. Why am I watching the rest of the 20 games? We're done. So we're just tanking for a draft pick. Where in soccer, there's no such thing as tanking for draft picks. If you are done, you you are being relegated. So you're watching your team and hounding them, like, you'll fight harder. We got to stay in the top division. You got to stay in the top division. So no matter what, your players are going 100% at the beginning of the season to the end of the season. And that's what I loved about it. And that is the culture this Super League wanted to take away. And that's what I think I agree with Gary Neville was like, they're destroying soccer because soccer at the end of the, at the, end of the day is a proper meritocracy sport. You, you do as well as you play as well. You get success based on how you play. And I think, you know, the Super League was coming at the heart of that. And I'm angry, not just at the Premier League teams, but one team specifically. Because if you ever met these this team's fans, you understand why out of every team, analysts was going hard at this owner, and that's Liverpool. Mm-hmm. I always tell people, Liverpool, you want to talk about Liverpool, and, and and their fans as a club, I bro, think, like club culture. Yeah, club culture. Yeah, I, I yeah. say, think of the they do it right. Feelings. They do it yes, the right way, bro. Yes, they're bro. not. They're, they're not money. It's all about heart. You know, it's about yeah. the club is not really a club. The club is really the city. Like, if you want to know about the, the town, you go to Liverpool. If you want to know about the city of Pittsburgh, you look at the Steelers. And for you to say out here, we're gonna create a super league. Where we get rid of, you know, um, promotional relegation, and technically Liverpool is the heart of English soccer. You know, they are one of the few teams that made themselves made English teams big in Europe. And for John Henry Iron, I think John Henry, who bought the team, LeBron James is the owner as well. John Henry also owns the Red Sox. 
bought this team and marketed on that culture of we're a family. We're about the people to say, yeah, we're about the people, but we're elitists and going to join the Super League is what a lot of analysts got angry at. Like Gary Neville says, Manchester United, the owner don't listen to y'all no more. So we understand that. Arsenal owner, he don't listen to you. It's the Liverpool one that was, this was just shocking. It was like Liverpool. You know, Liverpool is England. You want to talk about English club is Liverpool. And I was shocked by that. I was saddened by that. Because I remember when I first met, met my a Liverpool fan, I was like, oh, yeah. When someone tell me they're Arsenal fan, I'm like, cool. When someone tell me they're Chelsea fan, I say, cool. When someone say they're Man United fan, I say, cool. Uh, all these teams we have won it. But Liverpool fan? Nah, bro. That's specific. Not anybody to be a Liverpool fan. Because I'm going to tell you, where were you when y'all won the Champions League in the 2000s, but it never won the Premier League for 20 years? And you ask, this, you ask every Liverpool fan, would you trade in a Champions League trophy for a Premier League? And half of them will say yes, because okay. we have won the five already. Mm-hmm. But to watch Manchester United, their greatest rival, with 13 and not, not win a single one before Jurgen Klopp was heartbreaking. You know, so I thought I was sad about that. And the thing about the Super League was, to me, what really pissed me off about the Super League is not that the teams were chosen, because the European Super League, in a way, like, oh, he said, it wasn't really, like, NBA-ish because the way NBA and NFL selected teams based on TV market, you know, what you know, what could add to the TV. The European Super League was technically taking the most recognizable brand. I was surprised that Tottenham was in there. There's nothing super about Tottenham. You're telling me Tottenham gets a new stadium, make it to the Champions League final once, they're a Super League. But Everton has more trophies than them. Leicester has won a Premier League than them. So I was just like, I didn't, you know, there was anger, but to me there was jokes about Tottenham being a Super League because no one took Tottenham seriously because they don't deserve to be in that category. Listen, man, you know I was at the front of that. I'm a clown Tottenham. <laughs> Whenever the opportunity arises. But uh, it wasn't even, like, enjoyable, man. I think it was ju- it just added to the absurdity of the whole thing. And it yeah. clear, it just made made it much more, more clear, like, all right, Y'all, that's a brand. Tottenham is on the come up in terms of they they pull in a lot of folks, a lot of folks who are new to football uh, mm-hmm. or looking for teams. That's a team that a lot of folks uh, tend to gravitate towards. Like you said, in the last few years, they've had like a modicum of success in terms of increased visibility, made some finals, had a, some opportunities to like put break their name out there and. That seemed to be the the criteria. I don't know when Tottenham really became a big six club with when you <laughs> never when you never won. That. I mean, huh? when he said they, he said, and they still haven't. Like yeah. you have well, never won. A, you have like, never I, won the Premier like, League. You've never won a trophy. You're struggling to keep your stars. Yeah, come on. Leicester has more credence than them. Yeah, shit. Everything. Yeah. Talk I, about I it. I think. I think. I think the like this Super League is like the antithesis of Leicester. Mm, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a team that came up from multiple divisions. Mm-hmm. If you want to close the league, Leicester City would have never happened. They would have yeah. never been great. Yeah. You can't do that. And you know you know what's crazy, bro? Like and I I don't know how much of this is legit or not, but and I but I, I honestly believe it. They're saying that like these owners 
would love if they were kicked out of like their respective leagues. Like like the Cronkies and the Glazers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it would they would love that they were they didn't have to play um English Premier League, Champions League, FA Cup. The only league they want to play is the Super League because additional playing time means more likelihood of injuries and they're not getting as much money from that. Right. right. Like, you know, all the threats, like, Oh, they should get kicked out of the Premier League. Oh, these players should not have to play. Inter- like they're not going to be able to play for their national teams anymore. Like they're saying that like a part of these owners kind of wished that would happen. I bet if the fan backlash was like even a little bit more receptive to it, they probably would have welcomed that shit. Yeah, they probably would have been like called that bluff, and because like you said, that's way less on my books. I got to worry about in terms of per- just my personnel. <laughs> like I don't have to send my players out on international duty. I don't have to get them in shape for two games a week. Oh yeah, uh, and 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 technically they still haven't fully withdrawn from these agreements. So they have to find a way out of that. The fucking Florentino, he's the the dude for he's a, he's from from Italy or from Spain? No, Spain. He's the chairman of Real Spain, Madrid of Real, right? Yeah, he talking about they got to pay like 150 mil to break this uh, contract. Each of the teams that signed up, <laughs> bro. Yeah, man. Uh, I think they, I. I totally believe it, man. Like you said, we're already talking about them not fucking with the culture of the clubs. So yeah, yeah not, they're not worried about offending their fans, much less being kicked out of their respect. Their, their plan was to leave their, their league, right? I mean, yeah. Super League means I don't play in my in my domestic league anymore. So, And then it was not only the fans and the analysts that were angry at these European teams. It was also UEFA. And like I stated earlier, the reason why UEFA was angry and Devoy and Oh, he could test the Champions League. Like I spoke earlier, how we got to the Champions League was all about adding more games, where the continent of the team, the big teams of Europe, could play more against each other and not make it one-offs. And the Champions League have been trending towards, in a way, a semi-super league where it consistently has been the same teams. Constantly making it to the round of 16s, to the semifinals, to the finals. And what got UEFA angry about the European Super League was not that they wanted that, in a way, the teams created the European Super League. Because, like I said, the Champions League is in its way heading towards that. Was that they were at the same, they were negotiating for changes in the Champions League to make it more akin to the Super League. And when they didn't get their weight 100%, they decided to break off. So what does that mean? So um, after the European Super League faced a blowback, UEFA announced format changes to the Champions League, where people are saying, technically, this is a European Super league like. So the Champions League right now is 32 teams are qualified from the, the, your best leagues qualify, but it's not evenly split. So England... England, Italy, Spain, and Germany are the four best leagues in Europe. So they get four slots. So out of that four, that's 16 slots already given to them. And another 16 slots divided among Europeans' best teams through coefficient. That means based on how the league is ranked. So France gets two. I think 
Portugal gets two, and then a lot of European teams have to go through qualifying rounds just to enter. The new European Super League format gets away, gets rid of the champ, the group stage format instead of creates a one table league of 36 teams. So no longer 32, four teams are added. And the question and the real controversy has been the slot additions. So two extra slots go to the fifth best ranked league, which is France right now, which currently has two. They will have four teams go into the automatically qualified qualify for the Champions League. So that'd be 25 teams in total from the five best leagues in Europe automatically qualifying the Champions League. Now you gotta distribute the next um 11. So the next two slots, so the next one number one slot, this is the third slot out of the new four, will go to the team, the best team ranked from 10 to 20. And then the fourth slot, which is the most controversial, which people are calling technically a European Super League light, is that the teams that the best teams in Europe that did not qualify for the Champions League on their current season but our historical performers get to qualify. So what that means is that if Liverpool Liverpool and Dortmund right now, Liverpool is in the English Premier League, they're having difficulties trying to be, be top four and qualify for the Champions League. Dortmund is a good team in Germany, currently in fifth, facing issues to qualify for the Champions League and from the German League. If they don't qualify under the new format, though, even though they didn't qualify in the normal way of becoming top four, they'll qualify because historically they're the best teams that have not qualified and done well in Europe. And that's what people are finding controversial is that teams that didn't earn their way to top four to qualify are getting it based on this arbitrary way of being top four, of arbitrary way of being historically a great European team and getting that qualification. So I just want to know what's y'all opinion on the new Champions League format. I think it's European Super League like. At that point, I was like, there's no reason why I get angry at the European Super League. There's already qualifying teams that don't deserve to, that didn't make it in the domestic competition. I've given a slot to them when that slot could go to a Romanian team that doesn't that shouldn't go through a qualifying stage. Like, how am I a champion of Romania? And this is the Champions League, but I have to qualify. But the fourth best team in England, that's not a champion, gets automatic rights. I want to know what's your opinion. Um, I don't really have any issue with anything until that last rule, right? Mm-hmm. I'm all for more teams. I'm all for like the get rid of the the groups. Even though I kind of did like the groups because Every once in a while, you would see like a a surprise, you know. I feel like this whole new format is the top, the 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 most expensive teams, the teams with the most money, are trying to stack the deck so they can make it to the later rounds. Mm-hmm. But fine, whatever. If if that's what y'all want to do, I'm not really that upset about that part of it, but. The thing that I, the thing that I am upset about as much as everybody else is like this participation trophy that we want to give teams because they did good like in previously in previous years like like 
this is football. This is how it is, man. Like, you don't get a free pass. It doesn't matter, like, your quote-unquote history in the competition. Like, you didn't do good because your team wasn't good. And how you did last year is a lot of times indicative of how you're going to do the next year. Mm-hmm. And it's not fair that some other team is going to miss out. Because let's be real. Like, the reason why teams are interested in UEFA Champions League is because the TV revenues. They want to get that Champions League money. Yeah. And so there's a there's other teams out there that's going to be missing out on that money that could reinvest it in their team and come back stronger the next year. But teams like, for instance, if it was this year or next year, it would be Liverpool and Dortmund. They don't need money. Yeah. Dortmund does not need money. <laughs> Dortmund is like one of the few teams that have, they're in the black. Yeah. Like they have money. There's no reason for them to be in there. It's, it's, it's just they didn't put a, the best team out there. Liverpool, sorry, everybody got hurt. It is what it is. Come back, focus on the domestic league next year and make it. It's that simple. We can't be like, we can't just allow these teams to just weasel their way into this competition because it's killing the competitive nature of the sport. Yeah. And I don't think like the, like people already don't take the FA cup and Cowboy cup seriously because they don't think it's competitive enough, but this is, this is loot. This is going to soften the competitive nature mm-hmm. of the domestic cups. 100 like, percent there's a reason there's, there's a reason why right now Chelsea's fighting hard as hell <laughs> you know what I mean like Leicester is like damn thank God we got Nacho because Vardy wasn't doing it beginning of the season there, there's a reason why teams are like plugging in new things six games to go they're trying to figure out new ways to win because if they don't do it they're not going to get to that position and if if we're going to cheapen the prize. 100%, bro. Um, just like, I I think, especially as a, a fan, I don't want to see my team in, first of all, if they're not ready to perform at the highest top level, then they shouldn't be in a competition that demands that, right? Yeah. And so, first of all, why do I want to see my team go and be embarrassed just because it's Champions League? Like, No. And secondly, if it's it just goes like you said, the boy, it just goes against the spirit of of earning, getting what you earn, and actual merit. Um, the format of it, I think, I have some issues with it for other reasons, just in terms of scheduling and mm-hmm. uh, the effect it's going to have on the players with this whole like adjusted season because of COVID and then because last year's season was extended and pushed to the summer. We've already kind of seen how the amount of strain that the players got to go go through can affect the quality of play and their, their own like health and shit. So with respect to them changing the format, I guess I, I don't mind more teams. Uh, definitely the way that they get in needs to be uh, – Earn, bro, and and what's wrong with like expanding the the number of countries or leagues that you include to some of the lesser known leagues? Like you said, you mentioned Romania or whatever. I want to see teams or clubs clubs from leagues that we don't always see in Champions League. 
that if if that's going to if we're talking about expanding the field it should definitely go out to more of the other european or lesser known um leagues in the in the in the continent um it doesn't actually improve the competition when you bring in a club that has a brand name cuz that's really what it is we're talking about historically successful what the fuck does that mean unless you've actually won the champions league arsenal is not a club besides the fact that arsenal for example, i'm just going to use my club we qualified for europe like 20 years in a row, Champions League specifically, right? Uh, and then since then, we've been in Europa. So it's been like 25 years consistent European play. But that doesn't mean that we are, by just the virtue of having been successful in the past, that we're going to do well in this or add, or even add anything to the competition this year. It's a it's a disservice to the, to the, to the competition generally, and it doesn't do us or anyone or football any favors, man. So... Um, I, I'm excited to see, to see more. Like I said, I think my main issue is just with the selection of that, that, that last criteria. It doesn't make any sense, man. And, um, they need to somehow find a way to rectify these big clubs, um, yeah. wanting to be included and also, and playing against the other big clubs. Uh, maybe y'all need to have more friendlies. Like, yeah. maybe they need to just do more fucking friendlies, bro. What the hell, man? Meet <laughs> each other in the off season because this shit is not going to work for us in terms of, like, I, I personally would never be happy knowing that Arsenal is in a place or in a competition that is just because of the name of the club. That What does that do to the name of the club if you if you start losing or if you're not actually doing shit with that, with those opportunities later on down the line? What's that going to do for our legacy? You know what I'm saying? Getting bounced from the Champions League in the group stage and shit, or the not making it to the knockouts, that's going to be so yeah. embarrassing for your, for your club, bro. I mean, and, and that's how I got angry at the Super League because the Super League was trying to go in an NBA and these league format. And I'm like, why? Like, you're a big six in your domestic club, and you want to go into a league where these, let's be honest, these European teams could ball, where you're going to be beaten all the time. You're going to go from being considered big, big six to being like, one of those teams, like, no one respects, like, I don't want to play for Chelsea because we keep getting beaten in the Super League. Then it's like, then we're better off when we're in the domestic where people ha- would think about playing for us, you know? So I just, to me, in regards to this European, um, this new format in UEFA Champions League, is that with the current Champions League, if you participate, you're guaranteed six European games. They have extended it to 10, and a lot of, um, Coaches in in England specifically, you know, we all watch the England the English Premier League have been complaining about fixtures because this has lead to injuries. Soccer is not like basketball where you can play a game every other day. At usually, you need like at minimum two to three rests to your next game because the way this game has evolved, you're playing forty five minutes without timeouts. You're going hard at each other. It's very physical. It's not NFL physical, but it's very physical and. This affects, you know, your legs, your joints, your and a lot of ACLs will come from that. And we just had the Carabao Cup this past week where Tottenham lost to Man City. And and I said if y'all gonna if they're gonna agree to this format, this you know, this um teams from England and they have to they pushing this on FA to do their scheduling, I think they might have to just get rid of the Carabao Cup, man. It's like, you know, I just don't want to see a cup where you're just playing your U21s and U23s. We have a U21 and U23 division for that. And 
and talking about teams that consider themselves Super League, Tottenham didn't win this one too. It's like, you know, it's just like, <laughs> I'm just like, one, get rid of it. And then Tottenham, if you can't win this, man, you don't deserve to be Super League. Every team, that every English team, if you notice that we're in that Super League, has won a Carabao Cup, except for Tottenham. I don't even know when Arsenal last what last won the EFL. The fucking but you won it, though. We, I guess the- so, man. But listen, y'all... Y'all, y'all can quote me recorded or whatever. I'm gonna give Spurs some fucking slack for losing, even though they the way they lost it, that fucking game. They, so Tottenham, yes, man, because they just sacked the fucking coach, bro. All right, so background: <laughs> Tottenham <laughs> played Man City in the Carabao Cup or the English League Cup final um, this past Sunday, uh, just last. Monday, a week from today, from this recording, maybe it was a little bit after. No, no, it was Monday. Yeah, their coach, Jose Mourinho, they fired him like a week before. The interim coach is Ryan Mason, who uh, is a former Tottenham player. He came up through the academy. Um, Listen, man, I got no love lost in my heart for Spurs at all, but uh, <laughs> they clearly carried Jose's it, philosophy into the fucking game because <laughs> these things did not want to get on the ball at all. Uh, it's obviously very hard, man. City, the way City play you, like, they need possession, man, and they were pressing. But City squandered a lot of chances, man, and you would just feel like if Tottenham played with the talent that they had, if they played a little bit more aggressive, they could have maybe, maybe made something happen. But City, City managed to take it. Uh, I'm in right before we got on here. I was talking about what's the point of this competition? <laughs> Why are they even playing this anymore? I feel like with the new Champions League, you're probably right. There's going to have to be sacrifices in terms of some of these domestic leagues and uh, the scheduling in general. But yeah, man, look, if Tottenham Spurs, bro, Spurs need to get their weight up, obviously, before anybody takes y'all serious. Uh, it was a pleasure for me to watch them lose another final. Uh, this shit was hilarious. Laporte's goal was great. Kevin De Bruyne. What do you think, De Bruyne? Yeah, uh, we spoke about this briefly, but like before the Super League, I probably would have been like, "Yeah, they should get rid of it." But after the Super League, you know, I feel like they tried to stifle like the lower teams. Mm-hmm. And they try. It's kind of like you know, y'all teams aren't important. Nobody watch y'all play. None of that stuff. It's, it's all about the big six. And I feel like boo hoo. Your players are always hurt because they're playing in too many games. That's your problem. Drop out of the leagues. But there's teams that are gonna take this seriously, and they're gonna earn that trophy. So right. if you don't want to be in the tournament, drop out. That's your problem. But for for Brentford and all these other teams mm-hmm. and the Austin Villas and these actual traditional teams like Leeds, you know that been there since jump. Yeah. We're gonna take these tournaments <laughs> very seriously, right? And if it doesn't bring as much fanfare as the Super League, oh well. But guess what? We're gonna respect the game. So. I feel that, I man. I respect 100%. that. I respect that. Yeah. 
I'm I'm 100 against canceling the Cowboy Cup. Devoid is the every man. Devoid, I'm just gonna say this about the Carabao Cup. Which English team said we're gonna join the Super League? I just will say five since the era of the Premier League has started. Let me be honest, five since 2001 has won a trophy, except for Tottenham. Motherfuckers are not super. Nothing super about them. Throw them out because. How yo, just think about it. we just announced like a super league. You announced your participation. People clowning you for not winning trophies, and you had a chance to win a trophy and you dropped the ball. <laughs> Bruh, I can't take you seriously. But before we, we you know we log off, I you know, we all have our team here that's going through a season. Let's you know give a minute take to tell people what's going on with our teams and what we're hoping. The season, the pre- the season is almost over, and what is your expectation and outcome? We we'll start with the void with Manchester United. Um, I don't care if we win the Europa League. I kind of want Arsenal to win it. Um, hey, I know yeah. the void man, man. Thanks, bro. Um, <laughs> I think what's next for us is the off season. Um, we pretty much got number. We've got Champions League locked in. We come in second, third, fourth. We got it locked in, right? We're not going to get Erlen Holland, even though that's exactly the fuck I want us to get. But we're not going <laughs> to right? You need to keep Cavani. You need to get Sancho. Probably not going to happen either, though, because they're they're going to bottle it. You know, this, the, the, that's just how Manchester United is. They need to get if they don't get Sancho, they need to get Rafinha that plays for Leeds. Mm. Um, we need to get and need Ndidi that plays for Leicester. I mean, I've been a fan of this guy for like five years now, and he's not getting any younger, and so. Need to get like the last three good years of his career. Um, Declan Rice is too expensive. Sorry, bro. <laughs> and they're gonna make a move for Declan Rice. I see it happening because they're all about the big money move and the splash. But there are players out there that does what he does for less. But as long as we make just simple common sense transfers will be all right the problem is they're gonna make a big splash and they're gonna spend their money in one place and they're not gonna fill all of our needs because we're like two or three players away from being liverpool y'all are for real in great shape bruh like the the bones are still strong even though united can be unserious at times i feel like it's the foundation and the bones it's a house of strong bones, you know what I'm saying? And um, Bruno, I say it every time we get to talk about it, that's the player I wish I fucking had on my squad. Um, Same. Y'all need a right winger and maybe another right back. Yeah. But, we need um, a second. yeah. But, he, yeah. He, he doesn't rest. He plays every game. So right. That's the issue. Right. Yeah, because we had the same issue with Tierney. Um, we basically don't have a left back, another option at left back. But anyway, bro, uh, yeah, bro. Um, 
y'all are way better than I probably would have said y'all were at the beginning of the season. And y'all not that far from being like seriously good again. Mm-hmm. Ollie's at the wheel, bro. <laughs> Bruh, that was not my guy, bro. <laughs> bro. 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 I, I, I told I told you why at the end of the season, I think I have to say, I didn't want to do it. Shit, Ollie could fucking coach, bro. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm not saying that at all. But I don't want to say either. Results, I ain't going to front, bro. Like, I can't even. You can't shit on it. I, I can't talk. I can't say nothing no more because. Bro, you you actually, I go into games watching y'all like, like I wish y'all would score first. Because if the other team scores first, y'all are going to fucking win the game. <laughs> I'm like, like, I am not going to run I have the same thought Yo, that Tottenham game We did not come alive until Tottenham scored bro. Mm-hmm. We didn't come alive bro. I don't, I don't know I want to hear his, his halftime team talk bro. Like, he motherfuckers he a dad Inspirational bro. <laughs> He's a dad Leader of men bro <laughs> No tactics, just man, man, management. What about you, OG? What about you, Team Arsenal? Oh, shit, bro. Can we skip me? <laughs> no. I was just fucking with you. Um, so, I mean, we're not trying in the league right now. Uh, we are last few fixtures, man. What did we play? Last Sunday, man, I watched us play Fulham. We got some, listen, VAR, bro. VR has, been fuck, has fucked us in the league the past couple weeks. But that's really not an excuse. I'm not even going to put it on that. Um, we came back and rescued a point against Newcastle last oh – my bad, against Fulham last Sunday. And then Everton, bro. Bro, fucking Lino, man. Against Richarlison. Yeah. Against Richarlison, who to me, Richarlison is really ass. Like, he's a, such a, a waste striker, bro. Like, he really is not as serious as he should be. Um, yeah, and then for Lino to concede that bullshit of a goal, but like I said, I'm I am approaching it in, in the mindset like we are finished with the league. We know we're about to finish. Like we're lucky to be here. We're gonna finish tenth or whatever the fuck. <laughs> and all our our eggs right now are in the Europa League basket. So I appreciate Devoy, your good great your good graces. I pray that you know. Soccer gods shine on us, man, and let something happen. We face our old coach uh, in the semis. So poetic, it is, man. man. <laughs> we got Unai Emery coming up with Villarreal, man. He won, you know, several Europa Leagues um, with Sevilla, and that's really his competition. But um, I feel like we are a super talented squad. I'm glad that I'm actually excited to see us go come up against like a serious team in Europa. You know, it's usually like waste up until the semis, anyways. But uh, that's where we're at right now, man. Uh, it's about to be Arteta's first full season done with. We're gonna have a whole for me anyway. I'm gonna have a whole like uh breakdown for myself of how I feel like he did what needs to happen in the summer. He's going to have an actual transfer window, whether or not he gets the support from the board. We'll see. But uh, yeah. we got we still got to unload a lot of dead weight. We did that this past January. Uh, I highly doubt we're going to see a whole bunch of spending. But, 
you know, we can, if we scout properly, spend money wisely, I feel like there's no reason that we can't at least be competing for top six. Um, I mean, again, you guys got rid of Ozil's contract. We'll be picked up Aubameyang. At, at the end of the, that's and that's the thing, bro. I don't even know yeah. what the curse is with these contracts. We haven't even really stopped paying Ozil. We don't stop paying him until the end of the season. Yeah, but, but I think that's going to be yeah. money in the bank, though. Right. Um, we picked up Oba. Uh, hasn't been a good. We haven't seen any return on that man. Uh, he's been ill, a little bit inconsistent. He's had some personal family issues, but then you know, outside of that. And said, "Fuck this shit." And but then, right, bro. There's also been the disciplinary issues. You know what I'm saying? His body yeah. language on the court. Has, I'm sorry, on the field is like really like he doesn't offer anything, man. And um, then the lateness and shit. Uh, they had to bench him before Northland and Derby. It was yo. You know what I'm saying? He just he got his big contract and he just kind of has gone ghost. Yeah. So yeah. I don't yeah, fucking know. I I, like, personally, I want to see the youth. She has yeah. best in the youth the way Chelsea would, the way United would. Give them boys a chance to play. Like, Martinelli is so exciting. Super hard work rate. Uh, Smith Rowe, Saka. I mean, Saka has been getting his playing time. But, you know, if, if Oba is not going to do it, obviously you're paying him all this money. But, fuck, man, we need to start seeing results. So, um, Willian is still a thorn in my side. Get him out of my club, but <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all, man. Hopefully, we win Europa. I'll say this about Arsenal. You know, Stan Kroenke, because we all know Arsenal has been a shadow of their former selves lately. You know, that's what Manchester United was like after Ferguson left for four years before things changed. You know, before Ali came, you know, Kostya is actually coaching out here. Ali the goat, but um. Um, for Stan Kroenke had the audacity to say Arsenal's a super club, which we all know that super club stature is coming from past glory, especially if you're talking about Premier League, we're talking about the Ars- the young that, Arsenal. That he had there. nothing to do with, by the way. And Henri era. So now Arteta has had his first full season. He wants to get rid of the whole squad. They're talking this big talk about Super League. Let's see you're going to spend. Because I know Arteta got mad plays to get rid of. He wants to spend that. So we're going to see for Arsenal, for the owner, you're talking all that Super League talk, you're going to be in Champions League. You got to spend it now. Um, Chelsea, bro, look, the only thing I'll say this for Chelsea, we're grateful to be in the Champions League. We saw our bracket. It was like, shit, God is on our side. You know, Champions League final. The last time we won a Champions League, we did fire coach midseason. We were fighting for to get in the Champions League, and we won the Champions League. So maybe God can help us pluck out two. It would be three behind Man United, so we want to come up. But um, um, with Premier League, bro, it's kind of scary, man. Like, we really fighting with Leicester, Liverpool, and West Ham for this for these finals three and four spot. You know, we need, like, we need to make top four. We need it. We need it. Um. Tuchel, I, I respect Tuchel. He really did come and, like, write this shit. But what I do find interesting is that Tuchel is not confident in the squad he got. He just knows how to write. He's right now writing this shit. Mm-hmm. And the question is, will Abramovich with Tuchel spend what he spent for Lampard, or he's technically telling Tuchel, which we technically before 
our spending last summer. We have recently been with Abramovich for the past five years before this past season was, look, this is the place you got. Learn to coach them. Move on. Because I ain't spending, you know, FIFA 19 type ownership money. So the question <laughs> to me is, is you know, Google and tell them these are the plays you got, love them and do what you got to do, or is he actually going to spend? Um, FA Cup, we're in the finals. We're facing Leicester. Um, Brendan Rodgers, I always respected Brendan Rodgers to me. Him, Rafa Benitez were the only two Liverpool coaches to almost got close to bring Liverpool the Premier League title. Unfortunately, they couldn't do it. Jurgen Klopp did it, so Jurgen Klopp will always be considered the GOAT for that. But I always respect Brendan Rodgers, a good coach. Um, he has a good team. We talked about Leicester earlier. Amazing squad. Um, I hopefully Chelsea can win, and hopefully Chelsea makes out for it, and hopefully Chelsea wins Champions League. It will actually top off a season that we thought was going to be bad, end up good. And that's my thought. I mean, like, who would y'all get, though? Like, what positions would you show up? Because defense is straight. You got the keeper that you wanted. Defense is The defense is huh? old. They're a little bit older. Silva can only last. We need to re- He's the only person that's old, though. But we got to replace him soon. Uh, you got Zuma. You got Rudiger. So Zuma's been there since Mourinho came. And Chelsea has been on and off in playing Zuma. I know there's been injuries, but... No, but he's he's had a really good season, though. I know, but for some reason, I feel like I've always seen that with Zuma. Anytime there's a new coach, Frank Lampard plays Zuma, and then it stops, bro. It really it literally stops when they get yeah. when they get in, when they get placed into their role. So, but, for me, for Zuma, like, I be sometimes forgetting Zuma's on our team. So, I see, like, oh, Zuma's playing. So, I notice that bald head of his... Um, I know we still got Rudiger. Um, I know we still got defenders. I think to me, um, I heard they're getting rid of Tammy. I think Ertuko doesn't like Tammy Abraham, so he's going to get rid of him. Um, Giroud, I think he's going to keep Giroud just because he's just a reliable substitute. We're not getting rid of Werner. Um, Pulisic is interesting because Tuchel's and Pulisic relationship is weird because when Tuchel first came, Pulisic was again played, and that was seen as a diamond because out of any player that Tuchel knows on that team personally, it's Pulisic because it was under Tuchel's reign in Dorman that Pulisic got his playing time and shine. And for him to come in and say, I already know what I want from Pulisic and not playing time, that was an indictment. But Pulisic is playing more games now. But, like, I like I don't know Tuchel as much. I didn't watch him as much with Dorman. You know, his tenure to me at Dorman wasn't as successful as Klopp. To me, no coaches tenure at Dorman. Is going to be successful as Klopp until you win the Bundesliga with Bayern Spurs. That'll never happen again. His um, time at PSG um, was interesting because he's the reason why League One has become competitive with Lil because he was dropping points early. Um, and he had issues with superstars. So I think to me, this is the first time I'm seeing him actually coach because I don't watch the Bundesliga as much. And with League One, we couldn't see his really coaching because Mbappe and Neymar. Had if was really about yeah you could coach this way but it's how we're gonna play so I'm just so I don't know what Tuchel wants I just like it that he has he is playing three in the back and I think Chelsea the last time I seen us play three in the back was with Conte and I actually like that type of style and he got Conte and he got Conte playing like this 2016, 2016 2017 again 
I'm just saying. Bro, he just put content in his position. <laughs> right. <laughs> you like, that's all he did was put him in his position. <laughs> Bro, the only thing, like, I think y'all probably get, like, another, like, a more defensive-minded center mid and, like, a striker. And I don't think that's a lot of money. We're talking about probably, like, 60 mil total. Right. Y'all would be all right. Yeah. We just need to make top four. Liverpool out here hunting, bro. They decided they want to play football. Liverpool, like, they, they not. not. They drop. It's, it's West Ham, and West Ham dropping points, too. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately, y'all are going to make it. Unfortunately, y'all are going to make it. Yeah. But all right, y'all. I want to thank y'all for coming out. We need boys. It's thank done. you to our soccer analyst, Devoy. Definitely provide. We like your insight. Um. Thank you for doing this for um the free volunteer work. Appreciate Don't you worry, we get paid one day. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Put about it on that. the CV. Oh my god! <laughs> 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 but Benny boys out, bro. Oh, y'all watch Champions League. Pick up uh some soccer. Don't matter who you watch. Just pick up some. Thanks for yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We'll, not be, we'll, we'll be back. Yeah, not MLS. But we'll be back with some <laughs> pop culture and non-soccer talk in a few. Yeah. All right, y'all. Deuces. Follow me, follow me, follow me.